Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, X-Zone Radio TV. For more information on the X-Zone Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.xzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts and explore the deepening truth and supportive path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be looking at the river of life evolving into the flow. There's a river that runs through all things. It's a river of spirit that's always been and always will be. When in the flow of this river, one finds oneself in exactly the right place at the right time, doing the right thing in perfect synchronicity with life, based on one's intent and chosen path. All things on the planet and beyond live within this flow, creating the beautiful symphony of life, with one exception, humankind. Somehow, somewhere, we lost our way. Maybe it was the mythological fall from the garden. Maybe it was when we decided we knew better than nature. Who's to say? While the lessons have been many, the result has been devastating to us and the world in which we live. Now, as we move into a higher frequency portion of the galaxy, we have the unique opportunity to re-enter the river, the flow of life, to evolve into our birthright. How do we take advantage of this amazing opportunity? How can we find the river? Can we re-enter the flow? What will it cost to do so? With us this hour to explore the flow of life is Sky Nelson Isaacs, the author of Living in the Flow, 
the science of synchronicity and how your choices shape your world. Sky is a physics educator, speaker, and musician. He has a master's degree in physics from San Francisco State University with a thesis in string theory and a BS in physics from UC Berkeley. Sky brings together the connection between synchronicity, physics, and real life using research and original ideas. As an active researcher in quantum foundations, his research is supported by the Foundation Questions Institute and the Federico and Elvia Fagan Foundation. His website, skynelson.com. Sky, thanks so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a delight to be here. You have a master's degree in physics with a thesis in string theory. How did you make the uh, quantum leap, so to speak, into studying the flow of life? (laughs) Well, I had experiences of synchronicity. I've had them all my life. And early on, you know, my initial push was really for a study of myself and and consciousness and why my life has flown or, or flowed into the form that it has. And I've always wondered, you know, is there some deeper significance to the to the way I got into the schools I got into or chose to have the job I have or the relationship I had? And eventually I started having enough synchronicities, like really unusual experiences that seemed like they either had to have an explanation in science or they had to just be some way of, of describing them as just chance. And it didn't seem reasonable that they were chance. So I, I've, I tried to connect the work that I had been doing studying the, the foundations of quantum mechanics where there is a lot of uh, still unexplored unknown uh, pieces and is there some way in which the, the, the study of knowledge which comes out of that has to, you know, has an influence or can have an impact on the knowledge that we have of, of synchronicity and of the world. And so I began what, to connect those dots. What do you mean by the flow? Well, I connect the, the work of Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, who wrote a book called Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience. Uh, his, his perspective on flow was that it's when we get into the optimal zone of functioning. Uh, a wonderful way to look at it is transcending the worry about whether we're in control or not. Because so much of us spend our time either trying to gain more control over life or throwing our hands up in the air and saying, I surrender. Those are both paths that we can take at different times. And flow is not about either one of those, but about releasing the worry about whether you're in control or not. So it becomes about diving into life wholeheartedly. And so I connect that with synchronicity because I, I think that when we start paying attention to the obstacles and the little opportunities that are unexpected in life, when we let go of our ego enough to see things in a new light that we don't understand where things are going, but maybe we're going to try out this new idea, then we are allow ourselves to get into the flow of life, which is the zone of optimal functioning in life. Is the flow you're speaking of related to the indigenous concept of the river of life or the way or the spirit that moves through all things? Yeah. The, the Tao Te Ching was a very influential book for me early on in the Tao. Uh, the Tao Te Ching means the book of the way. So that's what I'm thinking of when you say the way. Uh, the way of flow is to lead us. Ultimately, I think it's, it's connecting us to our inner knowing. So synchronicity and, and flow is not about tapping into, you know, what's the universe telling us to do, but how is the universe leading me towards a deeper knowing of my own wants and goals and soul yearnings. And so I think synchronicities or meaningful coincidences, which we can define a little more in a little bit, show up as unexpected situations that lead us toward a deeper healing experience for ourselves. So how does one live in the flow? Well, I I do give a practical set of steps in the book. The whole book is sort of about that, but I do give a practical set of steps called the Lorax, L-O-R-R-A-X. And that's uh, a way of balancing the more action-oriented way that many of us are. That's the A at the end there. But it starts with a more receptive aspect of who we are. It starts with listening to life. That's like noticing circumstances that show up that might be frustrating even, or just unexpected opening our minds to uh, what they might be, that they might be useful in some way, not resisting life all the time. 
and then reflecting on how circumstances that have shown up might be actually beneficial in some way. Is there a way in which this is showing me something or leading me somewhere that's beneficial? So I've listened, opened, and reflected, and often now in order to take advantage of that new understanding, I have to release my old uh, attachment to how things were going to go. So there's releasing. And then from there I can act. And then the action is informed by this listening, opening, reflecting, and, and releasing, which allows me to become more in alignment with the external circumstances. And from there, I suggest that the circumstances of life show up to support us. And that's what we call a synchronicity, where some unusual experience will show up and uh, respond to our action. And the core so it idea sounds here like an, it is sounds like cause, an exercise. Yeah, it sounds on. like an exercise to put you in a position to act rather than react. Right, right. And that action comes from a whole experience from our heart, from our mind, and from our body. I want to get into that whole experience. Um, what do you mean by whole experience? How, how can we engage all those different aspects of ourselves? seems like we're running around with these heads on these bodies. Yeah, yeah. A lot of us, uh, my experience certainly of myself, is I can be in times, uh, states of mind where I'm, I'm really in a state of mind. Like my mind is thinking about how I'm going to uh, respond to this person or deal with the situation or how uh, I might be going to manage manage the the problem that happened with my with my daughter or my friend. And what's happening there, what I've found in, in doing my own sort of analysis of what's going on for me is that there's often some underlying current of emotion happening. And the underlying current of emotion, I think, is what we're trying to get at right now in our culture. We're trying to see that there's an underlying uh, influence of feelings that we're feeling that we're not even able to tap into. Really, We don't understand it's there because we can't see it. But it actually drives our thoughts and our choices. So when we can become more uh, transparent with ourselves around what we're actually feeling, we can actually make choices that are in alignment with those feelings or, or choose different ways of thinking that actually evolve and change those feelings so that we become into alignment. And then from there, that synergy between our thoughts, our feelings, and also our felt sense in our body can uh, guide us into, can bring synchronicities which guide us into the flow. So are you saying that the physical, mental, and emotional need to line up in order to access the spiritual? And then from that place, we can access the flow of life? Yes, that's that's what I think that we're after, and that's where I think we come into into a whole expression of ourselves, not not simply an expression of one biological urge or one, you know, desire to feel to win an argument, but uh, ability to feel into what's the consequence of me winning that argument down the road. What's that going to feel like to me? Because a lot of times the needs of the soul are are opposite to the needs of the mental structure. Like winning the argument actually hurts the relationship. Isn't a lot of our uh, mental constructs uh, designed around avoidance and prior damage and, and concepts that came, was actually formed by that? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I can give an example of synchronicity that touches into that. Um, we have about 30 seconds left. Let's well, Let's hear it. <laughs> Well, I was uh, traveling with my parents and uh, found myself being really reactive. And on, uh, we were actually in Hawaii, and on the mountainside, we were coming down from the volcano, and I came across somebody hitchhiking who ended up getting in my car. It was raining, so it was kind of unusual. She got in my car, and she proceeded to be this uh, voice and give me a reading, like a psychic reading. And she was a voice telling me about my inner struggles with my parents. And so it was this reflection of what was going on in my personal life from the experience I was having on the outside that was totally unexpected and unusual. You gotta love that. Well, it is time for that promised break. Sky and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. To stay abreast of all the wonderful information and tools we have to offer, visit our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and our guest this hour is Sky Nelson Isaacs. His website, skynelson.com. Sky, what are the advantages that you've experienced living in the flow? You mentioned a, a synchronistic thing that helped you understand uh, the argument with your parents when we were closing the last segment. Um, what, what can we expect as people as the advantages of, of finding and living in the flow? That's a great question, Gwilda, because I think that often we can get caught up in the external advantages. And I've found, especially by paying attention to small little synchronicities, small little moments of guidance from the cosmos, little obstacles that redirect us or whatever it may be, that for me, the really deep work is how it reflects to us our own inner emotional state, because I think our emotions are, are tools to use for our um, beneficial, to, to our benefit in this life. And yet right now we're living in a time when we are really, we don't understand them when we're controlled by them. And so the flow can actually bring us experience after experience after experience that illustrates to us, displays to us in an external theater what kinds of feelings and responses we're having inside. And as you were saying, ties back to, oh, where did I learn that from in my childhood? And so we can begin to heal our childhood wounds by paying attention to the synchronicities that lead us into flow in the present. How can you tell when you've slipped out? I mean, it, I, I've been there, okay? And it's like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so, it seems so simple. You pull into the Walmart just as the a very important uh, parking spot opens up. I mean, I've had days where everything just like it was charmed. Then I've had other days where I'm beating my head against a brick wall. How can you tell and correct when you've slid out of it? Well, another great question, because I think that we we're often paying attention a lot to the outside circumstances, but the more that the outside circumstances can make us connect to what's going on inside, the less the outside circumstances matter. So I noticed that when I'm like, let's just take an example from yesterday. I was having a day of a lot of flow and dealing with stuff in my planning and my forward thinking that was wonderful. And, and I felt really like not questioning my own decisions. I was just doing what was, what was feeling right at the moment. And then I had a technical problem with my computer. I was downloading some big files and it got stalled. And I found myself like inside having a, a, a stress reaction. I could feel my body tensing up. And what I noticed was that I couldn't walk away from the situation. 
Like I was dealing with a technical problem on my computer and I couldn't just put it down and come back because of a whole bunch of emotions of what that would mean and how stressful that would be. And so I felt attached and, and addicted to the stress that I was feeling in that moment. And that was a sign that I was out of the flow that I had been in earlier. It sounds almost instinctual, is it? I think it can be instinctual when, when we become more in tuned with our instincts. Uh, a lot of times for me that my mind has a set of preconceived destinations that get in the way of those instincts. And flow or synchronicities, let's say, are, are the circumstances that show up to break that and make us have to get back into the flow. But if we resist them because we've got a preconceived destination, then sometimes we can get out of the flow. What are a few misconceptions that people might have about what it means to live in the flow? I think that the, the biggest misconception can be, for some people, that it's somehow easy or effortless. And I do use the word effortless sometimes, but effortless doesn't mean without expending energy. It doesn't mean without trying. I think trying is a very important part of doing the growth work that we're trying to do on the planet. So part of the model is, or is this tree of possibilities, this branching tree of every choice you make leads you on a different branch of this tree, whether you go left down the hallway or right down the hallway. And as we go through this tree, we're, we're trying to reach the apples that are sitting at the top of the tree and the apples weigh down the tree, but they represent experiences that we, that we are seeking to have. And the branches that have more apples tend to become more likely. In order to make it through that tree, I think my experience is we do need to invest ourselves to build momentum towards an outcome that we're seeking to have. So I don't think synchronicities just will continuously pop into our life to take us where we need to go without us taking the first step that the universe can then respond to. Do you think that this, that the synchronicity and, and being in the flow is related to our intentions, conscious and unconscious? Are we interacting there? Yeah, I do think so. I think that hidden feelings especially are something I talk about a lot. Uh, we, one of the challenges I find with the word intention is that we may think our intention is one thing because it's conscious, but we may actually have an underlying intention that's subconscious that we don't realize is directing our actions. So if I speak up to express myself in a conversation with my wife about how we should be parenting, but I've got an underlying fear that we're going to mess up my daughter in some way that I haven't expressed or haven't even acknowledged for myself, then those hidden feelings, I would say, are going to make it more likely that we have an experience which, which brings us into conflict, which, which, which is difficult for us to handle, and I handle in a reactionary way. But that helps me see that I'm doing that and come to a, maybe a better insight if I can become more aware of the feelings in that moment. Well, that, that brings us to the, the question, what's the relationship between authenticity and the flow? I think it's a beautiful connection because when we live in flow, it's like, it's like cleaning out the, the filters. I think that we each build up filters through our childhood. And at least that's my experience. I'm, I'm, I see over, day after day more filters that I've had from childhood that are coloring the way that I perceive things. And living in flow, following this cycle of the Lorax, listen, open, reflect, release, and act, brings experience after experience that helps me see myself more clearly and start to flush out those filters, just peel them back one by one as I see them. And what's left is, not, it's not this infinitely deep well of, you know, neurotic behaviors or desires in some Freudian way, I, I feel like at the bottom there is something left, which is this just the open well of who we are as a soul. So it clears out that path. And what's left is, is synchron is authenticity, the, the choice, the ability to be authentic in with people we care about and in public and in all aspects of our lives. Are we in a better position when we're coming from authenticity to be in the flow? I think we are because we become more able to act without reaction. So let's say we're at work and uh, our boss 
reschedules a meeting we were going to have where I was going to present something important. If I'm reactionary, I might attribute that to my boss and say, well, they're getting in the way that they're trying to undermine me. But if I'm able to access an authentic expression and, and express myself cleanly and, and not get tied into that story and develop trust of the circumstance, I might find that actually we reschedule the meeting and it's a better day because uh, the CEO is visiting the office that day and gets to sit in on my presentation. And now I get to really shine. So authenticity, I think, allows us to express ourselves more cleanly, not create more wounding or harm, and then see where the circumstances are guiding us for our betterment. You, you touched in on this a little bit, um, but I'd like to go into it a little further. What is symbiotic, symbi symbiotic momentum? Symbolic momentum. Symbolic momentum. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so... I think that every action we take is meaningful. And a lot of what I am developing in the book is an understanding of what's the word meaningful mean from a physics perspective. And every action we take splits the tree into different branches that we could take. And on some branches of those tree, these apples, which represent the, the outcomes or the experiences that we're seeking to have, some of the branches have more apples and some of them have less apples because they align with those experiences we're seeking to have in life. And as we make choices that are consistent, if, if our choices are consistently reflecting the same motivation, like I want to in, do better at my work, then gradually we'll move into portions of that tree that have more and more apples. Even if we haven't reached an apple yet, even if we haven't gotten a promotion or gotten any feedback from our our superior or our, our peers or like we've just been doing the work for a long time with no feedback we still know that we've reached a point in that tree where there are actually a lot of apples available to us and that's what i call momentum because now we're even if we don't do anything else we're likely to get an apple we're likely to eat, achieve one of those outcomes that we're after so, so d are you saying that our, our movement is in agreement with uh building a matrix at the quantum level if you will to have uh, reach the desired outcome yeah, and those experiences, the other piece of that phrase is that they're symbolic. So I'm not, I'm not thinking of chocolate and then somehow manifesting chocolate specifically. I know if I think of chocolate, because I'm just yearning for some, you know, hit of sugar and, you know, caffeine or whatever it is, and then I, I might experience a symbolic manifestation of that. It might be a cup of tea. It might be a brisk walk outdoors in the cold with a friend. It might be uh, dark chocolate. It might be dark chocolate itself, or it might be something else. So what we're after is a, an inner feeling that we want to have, an experience we want to have, and that's what's reflecting on this tree of possibilities. And so we can let go of the specific outcomes that we're envisioning and recognize the symbolic nature of what shows up in our lives as synchronicity. Absolutely fascinating. Well, it is time for another quick pause. Sky, you and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break, so you stay right there. Great. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, and we're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net.
Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org, bringing the edge information supporting the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and we're speaking with Sky Nelson Isaacs. His website, skynelson.com. Sky, you know, for over 50,000 years, and this stuff isn't new, right? For over hmm. 50,000 years, all shamanic traditions, uh, worldwide actually, have used synchronicity as a divinational tool. Can we do the same? Yes, I think that, I mean, I'd like to understand exactly what we mean by that phrase, but I, I, I use it in my life to see the direction that I think things are moving. So let me apply that to something here. I, I feel like the, one of the issues that's, that has come up symbolically in our world today is climate change and the way that the climate is responding to humans. And I see that as a symbolic uh, experience as well as a literal one and by that I mean that the raising of the oceans and the, the the flowing of water and the changing of the water systems and the all of that the raising of the temperature all corresponds to the flowing of our inner emotional state and our subconscious becoming free and the flowing of our own lives and the raising of the pressure to evolve ourselves and so I feel a lot less tension around climate change than some people I know because I'm working, I, I see it as a reflection of what's going on inside of us. And so I think that by evolving ourselves, we can, we can change that direction. So I'm not trying to change this huge juggernaut of society and the way we do carbon. I'm actually trying to change myself and the way that we think about life as a way of, of metaphorically or symbolically changing that direction. So in, in order to use omenology, if you will, one must be able to decode presenting patterns. How can you tell a meaningful pattern from a random event? That's a, that's a good um, question to look into because often we can get stuck in externally trying to understand a sign. And for me, I, I do use certain tools to, to try and reflect to myself what like I use a tarot deck sometimes to to understand what's going on in my life and what's going on in my heart but and the key aspect that I keep coming back to is that ultimately it's an inner alignment how does this message I'm getting from or maybe opening a book to a page and reading a poem just that comes to me right then how does this reflect what I know already to be true inside so ultimately I think the divination is around connecting with our own inner knowing and we, we have it there all the time. It, those tools, those divination tools actually just allow us to 
remember what that is. If we were able to connect with what we already have there all the time, we wouldn't need those tools. The indigenous people tended to divine from events in nature is where it really all started. How can you tell if you've got an event that's meaningful or sometimes isn't just a bird sitting on a branch, just a bird sitting on a branch? Well, again, it comes back to what's the impact on me? It, it may be meaningful or not, and it actually maybe doesn't even matter. What matters is, do I have the insight I need to make progress in my life? So I have a friend who, um, whose husband took, her, took his own life, mm. and it was a, devastating for me. He was a close friend of mine. And she told me this beautiful story of walking in a park where they used to, to walk a lot together and just asking for a sign, asking for, you know, come, come to me and let me know that you're here. And uh, I believe it was a hawk suddenly appeared and perched really close to her. And it was a connection that they had had when he was alive. So that was very meaningful to her and it gave her a real clear sense an internal validation of what she knew inside which is that he and his his presence was still there and that she hadn't lost that mm -hmm. let's what's the role of synchronicity and flow in scientific discovery well my experience is you know tapping into that that same thing from um our own uh, our own resistance to flow can come, can, can show up. We can see it in our stress. Like often I find that I, I feel stressed when, um, when situations are, are a certain way and I can tell in my body that I'm feeling stress. And so the, can you tie back into what the question was again for me? Help me out there. No problem. I, I was asking what was the role of synchronicity and flow in scientific discovery? Oh, so, so I noticed the same process in my own body when, I, when I'm doing work and I'm getting deeper and deeper into it and then actually getting more and more stressed about what I'm doing and not feeling the flow in the research I'm doing or the writing I'm doing. Maybe what I often find is that I'm getting uh, pulled off course by uh, an inner thought that is... Um, trying to be perfect. But why am I trying to be perfect? Oh, I'm trying to please my dad. I'm trying to like, impress my dad, who's no longer cares whether I'm perfect or not, but I'm doing that from my childhood wounds. And that's causing me to work harder and harder and harder on this research or on this paper, correcting all the, all the little errors instead of looking at the big picture of where's it leading me. So I think that synchronicity and flow can be really useful to help us do the work we're doing scientifically and show us insights, a lot of my insights do come from unexpected places. So it's like getting that hunch if you're, um, uh, say, a detective, getting that gut level hunch and, and being a present enough to follow it, even though there's not anything ne necessarily showing in physicality to indicate it? Yeah, I mean, often, often it'll be, uh, I'll know that I'm not making any progress. And so I'll just stop what I'm doing. And I'll, I'll, I'll try and change gears and pull back and like look a little broader, I look at my bookshelves and find a book and sit down and read, take the, the steps of listening and opening and reflecting. And I don't necessarily go with what I read, but something in the reading triggers, a, it, it re-sparks my own creative thought cycle. And whatever direction that goes, I've now relit the spark and I can put the book down. I don't need to follow the synchronicity of the book literally, but it's, it's served to re-spark my own flow. So break you, break you out of hyper focus. Yeah, so you're missing out stuff. Of, right, mm -hmm. and and there's this. What's the opposite of hyper focus? A, a space of more broad awareness that includes the heart. You're a researcher in quantum foundations. What does that mean? Quantum foundations is the study of the foundational level of what does quantum mechanics mean. In the early 1900s we developed the principles of quantum mechanics, which came from experimental data, as well as really deep philosophical insights that a number of the founding people of quantum mechanics had. And it's an interesting history over time. Uh, you know, those people were thinking really deeply about the meaning of knowledge and the meaning of observation, of the role of human consciousness in the observation process. 
And then we had a, a terrible world war, which separated a lot of those researchers physically from each other. And after that, there was a rebuilding that was really practical, really based on military expenditure. And a lot of the funding for science went into that. So a lot of the direction of research went into practical aspects like particle physics and military uses. What kept going but was much more sidelined was the research of what, is the, what are the actual implications at a philosophical level, uh, at a fundamental level of what quantum mechanics is? What does it tell us about space and time? And for some people, the, that's not a practical question and they don't really care. They can do the, the, the physics work without knowing those things. But in quantum foundations, we try and understand those things because ultimately, if those questions of what is space and time and what is obs observation, if those aren't answered, a whole the whole creature of physics is standing on a shaky foundation. You, you offer a hypothesis about how quantum mechanics may explain synchronicity. Can you give us um, a, a layperson's view of this? So a synchronicity is an experience that is unusual, seems un, un, unlikely, but it leads to a circumstance that is actually something we're seeking to have, an experience we're seeking to have. So instead of saying physics is, is material reality and from that comes consciousness and, and, and all the rest of it, I say underneath physics is experience. We wake up in the morning and we're having experiences. That's all we know is that we are having an experience. And from that we can describe the physics of it, but we also have this other thing that, you know, conscious awareness that comes from our experiences. And so what the way I look at this process is that we're constantly anticipating the experiences we want to have. Our mind and our body and our, our feelings are like a resonant chamber that's not only thinking about the breakfast we want to eat or the coffee we want to drink, but also feeling it and actually anticipating those, those feelings, those, those, those experiences. And when we do that, the anticipation is actually interacting with this tree of possibilities, which is described by quantum mechanics in, in my work, I think it is. And when, it, when we interact, when our, when our anticipated experiences interact with that tree of possibilities, the possible outcomes which align with our anticipated experience grow these metaphorical apples. So they become heavier and more likely to happen. So does the anticipation uh, set up a resonance and then we're attracted to what, the thing we're wanting to go to? Well, the, that, it, it's, it, some of it's about language. Um, so I think those words are all important, and it, would, it might take a little time to really, you know, unpack that in, in a way that we, we both really agreed upon. I'm not sure if we're physically attracting ourselves to physical outcomes, but there is, you know, this tree of, of possibilities is, is informational. It's, it's existing outside of, of time and space, or it's timeless and spaceless. And there's a, a way in which we are... If we don't know the outcome of something, then it's actually undetermined. So without our knowledge of something, the cosmos itself is undetermined and evolving into many possibilities. And so it's when we interact with that thing, we're not only interacting with it in that moment, we're also bringing into form the entire history of events that led it to be where it is. Mm. Well, we're going to take another quick break. Sky and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You stay right there. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. 
get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I dot net. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love to hear from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org and suggest a topic or a guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Speaking of important people of service to our world, our guest this hour is Sky Nelson Isaacs. His website, skynelson.com. Sky, we were talking about the hypothesis you have about quantum mechanics and synchronicity. What are some of the scientific challenges that face that hypothesis? The science of quantum mechanics is well understood and really has been proven very effectively to apply to small particles like electrons and protons and, and, and particle physics. One of the challenges is that the mathematics of that really isn't limited to small particles. It's, it actually applies to everything. There's no size limit. So really, according to the mathematics, that you and I and our cars and our food and our, our houses should all behave according to the same principles. And those principles involve things like quantum superposition, where things are branching into different possibilities when they're not being observed. The challenge is that when, when this was being developed, people said to themselves, well, obviously that's not happening, right? Because the piece of paper in front of me is not in two locations at once. It's just sitting in one place. But what's really happening is that when we observe something, it does take a definite form. And that's what the, the science of quantum mechanics tells us. So my work is trying to show that this really does apply to macroscopic things, like everyday world stuff. Um, but that's far from been proven or accepted in the scientific community. You know, one of the things we keep t touching into is the observer. Um, and I think all of us or most of us know about the observer effect. How, how if, if the observer effect is actually true at the quantum level, doesn't that make all scientific studies debunk? <laughs> I mean, invalid? That's an interesting question. You know, I'm not sure if it makes all scientific studies invalid, but it really does point to the importance of, again, I think, understanding ourselves and the influence that we're having on the work that we're doing. I think that ultimately the, the science we need to be doing needs to expand in its scope to, uh, you know, scientists cannot be just um, external robots performing activities on something and finding out about things outside. We actually, all of us, scientists included, need to look inside ourselves as part of the process of scientific inquiry. And a lot of great scientists over the years have done that, especially when they were natural philosophers. Um, but that's something that's not really emphasized in any place of our culture, really, the, the importance of looking inwards as well as looking outwards. It's huge, isn't it? Because right now, um, you know, with uh, with the, the big money buying different studies and then you have an intent that you're looking for something, don't you run the risk of creating it? Yes, I think so. And, and this is an example of where um, being involved in the systems of science, in the industry of science, uh, there's a lot of pressure to perform and to deliver research and I, I can't say that that's wrong because I, I don't have enough experience and um, I think with that myself, but what I think can happen is 
we forget that to, to take a stand for what we really believe in, like we, we just by, by not standing up for a different way of scientific inquiry, we allow ourselves to be part of that system. And then it actually becomes harder and harder to uh, change the system. And that system isn't necessarily building towards truth. It might be building towards expediency or towards quantity, uh, towards financial recompensation. So how do our choices shape our world? Our choices shape our world through our actions a lot and to a large extent. And our, our actions are guided by our feelings. So our feelings, whether they're conscious or unconscious, in my theory, in my understanding of things, they are influencing the types of experiences that come our way. So every day we're experiencing opportunities where we meet someone at the grocery store or obstacles where our meeting gets canceled or rescheduled. And all of these are uh, ways in which our, our world is being shaped. And I suggest that these experiences, which seem random, are actually a response that the cosmos is having to the felt experience and the choices and actions that we're having. It sure puts us in a larger place of responsibility, doesn't it? I think it's a very empowering perspective. It's very important, I think, in the theory that it's neutral, right? It's not, it's not this positive, happy thing that synchronicity is always showing up to make your life better. It's actually just reflecting a neutral reflection of where each of us is at. So if we're having uh, internal dialogue that's not constructive, then we, we will be bringing about circumstances which reflect that to us, which will feel bad, maybe. So which basically are saying, if you don't change directions, you might end up where you're headed. <laughs> right, exactly. And so it's very empowering to realize, like, even if we don't like where we're at, we are powerful beings who are creating the next opportunity. So whether or not we're doing the creating the opportunities we want, we at least know how powerful we are in that process and can grow to become more aligned in our actions. So then the key goes back to know thyself. I mean, if many of the choices we make that shape our experience are unconscious, we're unconsciously creating, yes? I believe we are, yeah. And I believe that that's one of the most important things we can do at this time in history is become more conscious of our of the way that we're actually creating the experiences. You know, instead of it being, uh, you know, I'm on the right side of uh, the political spectrum and the left is really at fault, or I'm on the left and the right is really at fault, it's, we're, we're both, both sides of the spectrum, all sides of this spectrum are creating a dynamic that is bringing about circumstances in the world which exacerbate the, the hidden emotions to bring them to the surface. And the quicker or the, the more deeply we can feel into those, the more we can begin to allow ourselves to be cleared of those hidden patterns and work them through and become a culture that is whole. It's a tangled web, isn't it? So, you know, are you saying that by working through our patterns, the unconscious patterns that are originating in our wounding rather than our authenticity, we can become more aware of the relationship and the, of the you know, action and reaction of our choices? Yes, and, and take responsibility for our role in it. And I think that we... When we do that and we become clearer as humans, we begin to, it's like the statement that people who are healed then can heal others. And people who are wounded will wound others. Mm -hmm. So when, when we do that healing work by paying attention to the synchronicity, by paying attention to the way that feelings are driving the events in our lives, then we, we do that inner work to heal ourselves and we no longer propagate the same actionary re, reactionary anger or reactionary jealousy or shame. And we don't bring that out of other people. We don't cause that in our, in our children or in our peers or family. And overall, that, that really does have a very profound effect on the types of dialogues happening in our culture. Is there a difference of impact from individual decisions and group decisions? That's a question I've asked a lot, and, and I, don't, I don't know. I don't think that this is the kind of thing where it's like, our ability to create synchronicity is, is something that can just add, like you and I both wish, both wishing for the same thing will double the chances. I think that 
ultimately, there's this aspect of the theory that talks about relationality, that all of the cosmos is defined from a, a point of view. And for you, that's your point of view. So you see the cosmos from your particular perspective, and the events that are showing up in your life are happening from your perspective. So I don't know that we can combine perspectives because that actually goes against the, the way that the, the theory of relationality works. So it's very important to have the, that we are conscious beings at the center of our experiential world. So we do have a really big influence on the situations that show up for us. I do really think that collectively, when we work together from a common place, we absolutely create a better synergy for optimal functioning. So there's a so I don't I don't fully understand that relationship though. Well, it gives us something more to explore, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you see our world changing if more people become proficient at reading patterns and using them to enter the flow? I think the the beauty of this work is that it's not about just going out there and changing, you know, the the legislation to deal for instance with climate change. It's actually about standing up in our own lives for what we really care about, clearing out that channel that's blocking us from expressing ourselves. So if I'm someone who's really wanted to do a certain line of work and I'm currently in a line of work that doesn't align for that, but I've got all sorts of reasons why it's difficult to change or why I'm not good enough or I'm scared of losing my, my income, or, um, flow can actually be a step-by-step -step process for optimizing us getting from point A to point B if point B is really our soul's journey, if that's where we're really trying to get to. And so I think that the underlying message of the book is that the, the healing and growth of our planet and our global society happens hand-in-hand -hand with us becoming more aligned with what it is that we truly want in our life. And from that, we get this tremendous satisfaction and fulfillment. And at the same time, that's reflected in the growing peace and harmony in our world. Very beautifully stated. Well, you know, as always, time has absolutely flown. We could go on and on, Sky. <laughs> but unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And you too. Our guest this hour has been physicist Sky Nelson Isaacs, the author of Living in the Flow, the Science of Synchronicity and How Your Choices Shape Your World. He's got lots of good things on his website, so you can visit him there, skynelson.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information resources, and support to an evolving world. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? 
The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.